Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Press On podcast. Today, we want to start a two-part podcast on the topic of understanding the power of fear. I want you to stay with me because I think this will not only be very instructive for you, but I know that it's going to encourage you. And in fact, I believe that some of you are really going to see a new freedom come into your lives as a result of God's Word and the teaching. You know, fear is one of the most common emotions that we have in our lives, and yet, really, I think it's one of the most misunderstood. And yet, when we look in our world, maybe even in our own lives today, we can tell that fear is at an all-time high. It's a high in the world, but sadly, fear also is high in the church. And I think a lot of this comes from the fact that we listen too much to the politicians and news reporters of our days, which have become, to many, their preacher and their prophet. So today I want to address the issue with hopes of encouraging you to receive or to reject fear. Now, I know that statement caught your attention. That's right. Uh, I want you to know from the Bible about this issue of fear, the power of fear, and whether to receive or to reject it. Fear, just by definition, is an emotional response and a reaction that seeks to avoid any kind of threatening danger. Uh, it, it, It would say to us that really not all fear is bad. I don't know if you've had that thought come to you or not, Uh, But there are right kind of fears, and there are wrong kind of fears. There are fears that can be good, and there are fears, obviously, that can be evil. It's vital for us as believers, as we walk with Christ, as we live in this present world, to really know the difference and reject or receive fear that can add or try to take away from our lives. Uh, Irrational fears— Uh, The kind of fears that go beyond common sense, let's say, are sometimes called phobias. I was very surprised to find out that uh, psychologists have identified and literally named over 200 different kinds of phobias uh, and uh, and give them each a name. Uh, That was strange to me, uh, but it does reflect, I think, the, the fact that fear is a part of our lives And if we don't know God's Word on it, if we're not able to settle this issue of fear in our lives, then it can be devastating to us. When we look in the Bible, we find that the word fear itself uh, can be used either as a good fear or as a bad kind of fear, and it's determined by the setting in which the word is used. Let's, let me share a couple of examples with you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, we can read, the word says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. So we find fear in that verse is obviously a good kind of fear, a fear that we should have, a fear we should embrace. In 1 John, we read, Perfect love casts out fear. Fear in that verse, in that setting, obviously, would be a fear that is of a bad kind of fear, a fear that is a negative in our lives. Now, it says perfect love casts out fear, but perfect love does not cast out all fear because not all fear is evil. Uh, And uh, we want to know that the perfect love of God casts out the unwholesome, the unhelpful kinds of, of fear. So even by reading those verses, we can see, first of all, that all 
fear, every kind of fear, will always have an impact upon us. That's why it's so vital for us to know what does the Bible say about the power of fear. The effects of fear uh, obviously affect us holistically. Fear can affect every aspect of our lives. That's why it's so vital for us to know. So there are wrong kinds of fear that can produce uh, harmful effects. Uh, It's been proven that fear can cause people to have high blood pressure. Uh, They can have a weakened immune system. You can have gastrointestinal uh, problems, mental instability, and so on. Fear has an effect upon our bodies. And it doesn't mean that everyone that has these um, physical problems is a victim of fear, but it establishes that fear uh, can be the springboard. Uh, It can be the starting point for many physical ailments. These kind of uh, physical effects of fear can really be devastating for someone, not just in the physical sense, but, I mean, it can have a devastating of, uh, impact upon the whole of their lives, and, uh, and it's a very serious issue. But even more serious than the physical is what is fear doing to the spiritual condition of people? The spiritual effects of fear, uh, when, when that kind of fear is in our hearts, it's in our lives, it's in our minds, uh, uh, can lead us to a crippled trust in God. We, we can start to have spiritual instability. Uh, unhappiness can set in, uh, discontentment. Uh, uh, it, it can sap our spiritual vitality and, and strength. It can erode all of our confidence, confidence even in ourselves, the good kind of confidence, and especially confidence in God. Uh, it can create a critical spirit, and it can lead to an angry and a complaining tongue. So, my friends, fear can paralyze our, our souls. It can have a paralysis to where we're not able to move and live and walk and breathe in the freedoms that Christ has for us. I don't know if you've ever read John Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress, uh, but at one point in the story, uh, there's two lions, one on each side of the street that's blocking the path to the heavenly city. The lions stand, they're ready to tear apart anyone who comes that pathway and would keep them from entering into the holy city. And Christian, uh, who is traveling on the path into the holy city, uh, knows this and begins to grow increasingly fearful and is, is kind of hesitant, and he just slowly starts to press on toward the city. And as he gets closer to the lions, he discovers that Uh, Only their growls can be heard because God had chained those lions down, uh, and Christian was able to pass through safely. You see, faith and the Christian life has many challenges, but I think fear, fear has to be the greatest enemy. So when we study the Bible, we can find that the Bible reveals that there are a few different kinds of fear, and I want to share those with you. So in our studies, this podcast and the next, we want to look at three principal kinds of fear, and then what is the remedy of fear? So the first fear that the Bible can teach us about is what I've called a natural fear. Now, this obviously comes to your mind, and you say, hey, I know that kind of fear. 
It's a fear that is necessary for the preservation of our lives, for our safety, for our good, uh, and literally for the preservation of the human race. Uh, it's a natural fear, and it's a normal God-given emotion. Uh, maybe we could say it's a common sense kind of fear. In Genesis chapter 19, Noah, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lot, knew that the judgment of God was coming upon the city of Zoar. And the Bible says in that chapter that as that judgment was forthcoming, Lot left the city of Zoar, and it said, for he was afraid. There was a common sense, a natural uh, caution that came to him that the judgment is coming, and I need to leave in order to preserve life. And in Matthew 8, we find a similar uh, scenario when the disciples are in the boat. Uh, they've been commanded by Jesus to go across the shore, and he would meet them. They go out, the storm arises, and they're struggling in the storm, and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And when he approaches the boat, he says to them, why are you so afraid? There was a natural reaction to the storm. A sense of danger was before them, and they were concerned for their safety. How would they make it across? What about my brothers uh, in the boat? What can we do to uh, uh, preserve life? In, in Acts 27, similar uh, story, Paul is on a ship. Uh, he's uh, bound in chains, and he's being taken to Rome uh, to the courts when a storm comes up. And uh, there's a lot of hectic activity on the boat, and Paul instructs everybody, do not be afraid. There was a fear that came in their lives, fear of their circumstances. And again, it, it's just a God-built, uh, like an instinctive alarm system inside of us that's designed to create caution and uh, a desire to protect ourselves from harm and danger. That's what these Bible illustrations will show us, and uh, it instructs and guides us uh, through the challenges of our natural world. Now, you, you have these fears, and they're good fears, fears that are normal, fears that are applicable to all of us, uh, and those fears are positive fear that we need to have. These, this is a normal, natural fear, again, that is necessary for protection. If we didn't have this natural fear, and we had fear of nothing, then we would find ourselves being harmed, being injured, suffering loss. So this is a God-given uh, purpose for the preservation of life. I want to say to you that there's nothing wrong with this kind of fear. There's nothing wrong with this. You should thank God for this kind of fear. And in fact, this kind of natural fear is is a fantastic teacher. Now listen, some say fear is a weakness, but not this kind of fear. This kind of fear actually adds value to our lives by giving us an awareness and a wisdom against all that might cause us uh, harm or injury. It really can create a courage in your life to face each day knowing that God has given you an instinctive fear, and you should respect that fear you should respond positively to that fear, and it'll be for your own good. Uh, this natural fear uh, also helps us because, you know, when people have, let's say, like a fear of sickness, in response to that fear of sickness, they begin to practice good health habits. 
they make positive changes in their lives to uh, benefit their health. Uh, fear of uh, fear of failure sometimes will cause students to give an extra effort in their studies in order to achieve good results on their exams. Uh, fear of injury or fear of loss uh, will cause uh, drivers to drive more cautiously on rain-slick roads or snowy roads. Are you getting what I'm saying? We even teach our children to fear things, don't we? We teach them uh, about uh, crossing uh, the road where there's traffic. We teach them not to touch hot stoves. Uh, we caution them about <clears throat> uh, climbing on high places, and every good parent has taught their children to uh, be careful of strangers. This is all natural fear. It's, it's, an, it's an understanding of being able to detect, to see common sense-wise things that could harm us, and thank God that he's given us this uh, emotion of fear to help protect us from harm. There's a little humorous story of a young man that was uh, given a job at the local zoo, and one day the zookeeper came to him and uh, said to him, young man, go clean out the lion's cage. That's your chore for the day. The young man <laughs> kind of looked at the uh, zookeeper and thought for a minute and said, uh, no, sir, I, I, I'm not going into the lion's cage. But the zookeeper kept pressing him, come on, it's okay, you'll be safe. This lion is tame, and it's been raised in the zoo, and it's been fed milk all of its life. You'll be fine. So the young man hesitated and thought for a moment and then replied, well, I too was raised on milk, but now I like to eat meat. And it's a humorous uh, illustration to say that the natural fear had kicked in and was telling that young boy, you don't go to where the lion is. That's a dangerous place. So the Bible talks to us then about this natural fear. I hope that helps you. You know, there's some things that we have in our lives that are so common to us that we don't really take the time to identify them. But by identifying this today, I think that it will help you to embrace the natural fear that God has given us, uh, and it's for our good. Now we want to turn our attention to a second fear that the Bible teaches, and we're going to see, frankly, quite the opposite. This is what I've labeled a carnal fear. I've used the word carnal simply because in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, Paul speaks about being carnally minded is death. The, the carnal speaks of uh, uh, the base instinct of man, the, the base nature of man, that we, in other words, we're living off of just the, the depravity, off the base, uh, bare bones of uh, our existence, and that is not a good place to live. Uh, this carnal fear is a senseless kind of fear. It's, it's a dread. It's a kind of a nagging anxiety that lays hold on you. It's the kind that keeps you awake at night, that distracts your thoughts, that confuses you when uh, you're trying to make decisions. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a negative position, and it puts you in a negative position and gives you a negative outlook on life. I think if we were able to actually talk to people prior to them committing suicide, you would find that most, I believe, would say that they have this kind of fear, a fear of not being enough, a fear of being a failure, 
fear of having failed, fear of what people say, fear that tomorrow something bad will happen. They look in the past with a negative attitude. They look to the future with no hope because this fear has really uh, uh, cast a gloom over them. I don't know if you read Winnie the Pooh books when you were growing up, but one of my, I hate to say one of my favorite uh, characters from that at the time when I was a child was um, Eeyore. Do you remember him? A, a stuffed donkey. No matter how bright the day, no matter how good the circumstances, regardless of how many joyful friends around him, every single time Eeyore was pessimistic. He was gloomy. He was filled with despair. And uh, it was a very negative uh, character. And that's the way we find this carnal fear. It begins to lay hold of us, and every day is a challenge. Forgive me for using another cartoon character, but Charlie Brown uh, once said, I've developed a new philosophy. I'll only dread one day at a time. Oh, my friends, I hope that is not us today. But this is what this carnal fear does. It it frankly is an evil fear. It is a fear that originates, is of, and is used by Satan against every person. It's a fear that affects sinner and saint. It's a fear that uh, wants to lay hold of our lives, let its tentacles go deep. Even the Greek word carries the idea of an unhealthy and a destructive kind of dread. Uh, this carnal fear is the parent of stress and anxiety, and it cripples us from experiencing life, the abundant life of Christ that he has for us. This fear lays hold of us, and literally, I want to say it is a peace and a joy robber. It is a thief that lays hold of us, and it darkens us, and it overshadows us, and it's a fear that can lead us to doing wrong things and having wrong attitudes. Uh, in the Bible, you find it found in like Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. It's the kind of fear that it was expressed by Adam when he had disobeyed God and he had gone to hide himself in the bushes. And when God asked him, why are you hiding? He says, because I was afraid. A fear, a dread, a, a magnifying of our failures. It's a kind of fear that uh, uh, the children of Israel, when when Joshua and Caleb were trying to convince the Israelites to go strongly into the Canaan land, into the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, the good place that God is going to set us. Uh, the Israelites were told in Numbers 14, verse 9, do not fear the people of the land. The people had an abnormal kind of a fear that had bound them to where they were so afraid to make one step further. They're giants in the land. We're just little grasshoppers. So this carnal fear is the kind of dread that enslaves. You should read Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It says literally that, that it is an enslavement to us. And uh, the writer of Hebrews speaks quite directly to it, who says that through the fear of death, they were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This carnal fear is a bondage. And listen, my friends, God never leads you into bondage. God is a God of freedom. God is a God who wants you to live and move and have your being in Him. But that carnal fear operates and it binds us, uh, whether it's a fear of this or fear of that. Here in Hebrews was a fear of death. Uh, but Jesus has overcome death, hell, and the grave. 
So fear operates against us through a spirit of intimidation. Paul said to Timothy, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. A spirit of fear. God did not give us that spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit. But that spirit of fear, literally the word is timidity. Timidity comes when we're intimidated. Fear grips us, it intimidates us, it shuts us down, it holds us back. And in, and really what in, uh, uh, intimidation does is it produces a spirit of uh, uh, insecurity. Fear produces intimidation, intimidation produces insecurity. And that deep lack of personal value, personal confidence, personal adequacy, it's eroded by this fear. And Satan uses fear to dominate. I just, if, if you take anything away from this about carnal fear, carnal fear is a bondage. My friends, are you bound? Are you hurting? Are you struggling to see life positive? Are you, are you at a place where God's word is not shining light to you, but it seems all is darkness? Are you afraid to move left, to move right? Are you bound up and trying to make decisions? Uh, are you gloomy like an Eeyore? Have you just uh, given way like a Charlie Brown and just says, I'll, I'll just dread one day at a time? My friends, no. There is a reason why God has this message coming forth. I'm going to leave you at this point today because I want you to consider these two fears, a human fear and a carnal fear. If you will take time, the Bible says to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. I want you to take time to think on this. Is the natural fear operating correctly? Have you yielded, been overtaken, taken into captivity by fear, carnal fear that's got you bound up? And when you join me in the next podcast, we're going to look at the third beautiful kind of fear, and we're going to find the remedies for all of our fears. And we're going to be able to say, like Paul, we're going to press on to the mark of the high calling. God bless you till next time.